this is gonna be the best book you ever read. Like, this is your new favorite book. Off the internet, man. I need to go be introverted. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Books in the City. I'm Becky. I'm Libby. I'm Kayla. I'm Emily. Yay! Um, and if you have, if you're following us on Instagram, you maybe already know that we're all together and we're on a little retreat. Ooh, ooh. I guess this is in the future, though. So in the past, we were on a retreat you where we recorded this. This is Books and Upstate. <laughs> it's no longer Books in the City. Yeah, Books in the Country. Yeah. Books in the <laughs> Bougie Vacation. <laughs> bougie, okay. I'm feeling bougie. Everyone Emily is, is feeling bougie. Vacation Emily is a different person. <laughs> a different yeah. vibe. Guys, you have to understand, everyone, like, like bought useful items and i went into antique stores and bought like haunted paintings that's awesome. useful you're decorating <laughs> yeah. you're decorating you no. having a great time but we say bougie emily because normally when we're in the city emily is like oh um excuse me waiter what is the cheapest wine on the menu i'll have that <laughs> yeah and we went into a, a wine store to get some wine for this evening and Emily was like, should we get this $58 (laughs) bottle of uh, champagne? We didn't. So it wasn't a waste of money. But it's like once you break the dam, you're just like, fuck it. You know what (laughs) I noticed about about you today, though? Burn paper. Shopping and Emily will all like I posted my story. You're holding like six books, but you edit yourself down. Yeah. I'm not good at that. I just add more. I do this and this is my tip to everyone who shops at Ikea. You grab what you need when you see it and you decide at the very end. Um, and I have a funny story about that um, that I don't have to tell here. <laughs> I was going to say, why don't um, I feel like Libby should tell a story for our listeners about what happened right before we started to record. Um, Emily, again, Emily, star of the show. Um, Doubtful. I well excuse me she made us the stars of the show she made us the stars of the show so I think Libby should be the one to tell this story though okay (laughs) well (laughs) Libby's eyeballs are like she is for I mean no reason and with no context (laughs) Emily just well it started as so we're in this Airbnb it's very cute there's cute plants things around and it's very well decorated it's very chic mm-hmm. yeah and we all dressed up for like we had a planned nice dinner and it was like wear fancy clothes and so we did so after dinner it started as like a photo shoot where we were all supposed to get solo shots at different places in the airbnb yeah emily and was like <laughs> okay go over to this corner we're gonna get a photo yeah. I was told to stand in front of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> so. In front of the tapestry uh, behind the TV. The, the TV is in front of and covering. It's a beautiful tapestry. Yeah, but then all of a sudden we're taking boomerangs and getting no guidance. And Emily doesn't even know how to start the boomerang at no. the right time. Everyone was really frustrated. No one understood <laughs> the assignment. Okay, but you Loosest. were so adamant we're doing boomerangs that... To the point where one would expect that you know how to do a good boomerang, but when it was Emily's <laughs> turn, it was probably the most chaotic. <laughs> like, uh, oh my god! <laughs> pretty much know what to do. 
She I like just, didn't understand like why we were going at the wrong times. And then when it was her turn, she's like, I can't even like without you having been there. It's so hard to describe. But basically, <laughs> Emily, her idea, her like scene for this boomerang was that she was going to like come down the stairs and like turn the corner. But it almost seemed like she started when we said go and hitting the button for the boomerang from the very top of the stairs, it would be like minutes go by before she's finally in the frame. And we just have a boomerang of empty stairs. For those who aren't on Instagram, the boomerang is like the short video that repeats like forward. And People backward. know what boomerang is. Okay. I'm just saying. Um, and yeah, your moral of the story is you should have been there. Oh and also hire me for your social for media your needs. If you, Bring me to your photo shoot. I will frustrate you and not <laughs> get the content that you want. We were definitely frustrated, but we were also in tears laughing hysterically. Yeah, I was laughing. It was so funny. Turned out well, I thought. Yeah, it was fun. So, <laughs> yeah. Send we're me good bribes on the Patreon. I might release some of uh, the, the boomerang behind the scenes. Yeah. I only had one boomerang now. That was the one that uh, made it. Yeah. Kale yeah. only has one. A lot of bloopers for Emily and I, not so None for Kayla, not yeah. so many for Becky. We'll yeah. definitely post these this week on the story for, like, repost them yeah. for everybody to see. Send um, me your haunted art, and I will slip you some extra behind-the-scenes coverage. Oh, he <laughs> was like, where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to make boomerangs of the haunted art now? Yeah, so that's us on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so the moral of the story is we're upstate in a really cute... Um, Airbnb and if you are not from the New York area upstate is just to New York mm. City people anything but the city basically it seems like oh my gosh um <laughs> the air conditioning just turned on so if you hear a silent whirring in the whirring yeah whirring in the background that's what it is it sounds like a tornado it sounds like <laughs> it's really loud but we're we're um comfy um but yeah we're upstate and it's fun, and we're talking about getting matching tattoos. And me and Libby are like the only ones enthusiastic. We're all I'm literally not getting it, it so <laughs> it's not an option. Won't stop talking about it. Libby and I are like, oh, we can call in the morning and find out if they take walk-ins. Emily is just like panicked eyes the whole time we're having this conversation, and Kayla's just like, okay. I decided long ago that like I love tattoos on other people. It's not for me. Emily is almost at that point, I think, because since I've met her, she's been telling me about this tattoo she's going to get. And all night as we're talking about tattoos, I see her getting scared. So I think you're not going to get a tattoo. I just have a really strong needle phobia. We're talking avoids doctor's offices. We're talking vomits in the presence of blood draws. Like, But there, it's not intense. like that when you get a tattoo. You've done that? Mm-hmm. I've Whoa. passed out before, for sure. Um, like tunnel vision, blackout. Whoa. I got a bad phobia of pokey things, so I've always avoided tattoos on the principle of my phobia. But my phobia is getting better because I work with syringe needles, <laughs> and okay. um, and I've done some immersion therapy, and it's it's helping. So <laughs> oh my god, we're getting through this. Well, now yeah. I'm a little concerned for Emily to get a tattoo, but. For, for those of you wondering, it would be like the smallest tattoos no. ever. What? We should be a surprise. Oh, never mind. <laughs> stay tuned. If we got them, we'll post them. Yes. Right. Yeah. Stay the tuned to find out something. if it actually well, comes Well, here's the through. thing. If I pass out, I know that you guys can catch me. 
Uh, Probably. Well, I don't Hopefully. know. Hopefully. It's about the friends you <laughs> Kayla shovels on. left. I don't know <laughs> if I could catch you. <laughs> All right. In the spirit of the retreat if, we bonded over. <laughs> this is such a tangent, and we have no even, like, inkling if they'll let us do walk-ins. The website seems very anti-walk-in. Yeah, we're, we're not but sure if this is going to play out. for us. But, um, yeah, we also, it's like midnight, and... I don't know if you We've can tell, but I'm so tired. <laughs> Becky sounds like she's going to cry. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let's go. We got to record. On the other hand, I'm coming alive. These are my hours. <laughs> <laughs> Could do sprints back and forth in the house. Whoa. Yeah, but we got to get up and get moving, guys. I know. So when we so like decide to do out. this trip, Becky made an itinerary, which <laughs> I love. Like, I'm not making fun of it. I genuinely appreciate it. But I was like... That's so us to have like an itinerary. And I felt like I was going on like a housewife's trip, like a cash <laughs> trip. <Yeah. laughs> like this is what we're doing at this time. But it's not really that strict. Like, did we even, yeah, really we didn't follow, even follow it, today? it today? We did. You guys just didn't know because it was loose. It was uh, just, yeah. these are the things yeah. we want to get done. And this is about the time that we need to do it. If we want to do said things, otherwise yeah. we would sit here in this, uh, in this house tomorrow and we'd be like, so guys, what do you, what do you want to get done? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And then we'd leave at four p.m. and do one thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just making sure it doesn't happen. That's all. Do you think that's what would happen? Absolutely, because we're a group of people that are very often like, oh, you know, that's fine. Whatever, whatever you want, I'm down for anything. And then this is great content. <laughs> yeah, this is so fun <laughs> to hear about. <laughs> we should move on from this. The people I think we, there's a place that I can cut from. Well, the <laughs> exciting thing about the itinerary that caught a lot of attention um, in the early days of the itinerary <laughs> was the 8 a.m. breakfast on oh Saturday. 8 a.m. wake up, and me and Emily saw that and, like, yelled. Yeah, we were like, uh, oh, that's okay. not happening. Okay. Said word at least no, 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 no. Breakfast is at 8, right, Becky? So the thing that is right, going to happen is I'm going to be uh, I'm going to get up at eight and I'm going to start making breakfast because I'm making breakfast for everybody. And you eat when you want to eat. But we have to start recording at a certain time if we want to record. I'll be That's up at all. 10. OK, the breakfast will be waiting for you. <laughs> well, you're not. Uh, I'll be up. It's going to be so interesting to see, like, first thing in the morning, Emily, because yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be like a teenage boy <laughs> <laughs> emerging, like, to, uh, like, two minutes till 11. Like, you know, like, like Andy Samberg was, like, the tired teenager on SNL yes. in the weekend update or not. It's going to be yeah, Emily. Emily. With my hoodie strings yeah. pulled tight. Oh, my gosh. Becky's going to be like, good morning, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Birds chirping on her shoulder. I'm, I'm not the most pleasant right away. So talk to me after coffee. Maybe um. there will be a bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that also it raises the point like we've known each other for two years, but we've never traveled together. So we're really seeing like Sleep 24 over. hours. Yeah. What we're fully like. And they do say that friendships are it's make or break when you go on a trip together. <laughs> Whoa. So I think it's going well. I think we might still be friends at the end of this. We might. Let's hope so if we get <laughs> She put a big caveat in there. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm made to make one more boomerang, <laughs> we might yeah. not. We'll see. Know, we you survive. only had to make the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't talk about the boomerangs. Uh, but uh, we'll see if any TikToks come out of that. This That'll be the end oh of my God. it all. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
With that being said, follow us on TikTok. Just kidding. <laughs> we don't really post. Turns much. out we do have a TikTok. Well, guys, um, should we talk about books? Yeah. Wait a minute. Oh, we have announcements. No, we shouldn't. We Everyone's should announcing. Everything. But the announcements are book related. Everybody has an announcement to make, I think. Yeah. Well, my announcement to make is that my May book club pick, Bellwether Rhapsody, we are midway through the conversation. We split it up into just two conversations at the end of the month. And if you are one of the Patreon tiers that gets goodies along with the book club, stay tuned because there's a really, really fun one that I'm so excited about. Um, so that will be coming soon and yeah, so check out Patreon if you want to join in on the conversation, it's still happening this week and I think with that, I'm going to pass it to Libby. Speaking (laughs) of book clubs, so I'm doing the June book club book month. It's when I was born. It's my (laughs) favorite month and I should I just announce it? Yeah. Uh, This is so strange. Okay. I chose Honey Girl. by morgan rogers yay (laughs) so get your copy i'm excited to be honest i know it's like about a science like rational minded person who goes i think to vegas and just like gets married to a complete stranger in like a whirlwind vegas night whoa and then i think decides to maybe like see what happens or something but I don't really know much beyond that. But I think it should be f- really fun. It's queer, so it's great for Pride Month. It's also paperback original, so Ooh. don't even have to worry about the hardcover. So exciting. Nice. Yeah. So stay tuned because we're going to announce the dates for that Yeah, soon. join on in sometime. On Patreon, for those of you wondering, our book club, you can join in on Patreon and you'll also <laughs> see behind the scenes stuff. Boop, boop. Yes. Like all the behind the scenes from this weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, Becky touched on this because there are like book club goodies for Patreon tiers. And I think we're underplaying how fun and like cute and themed to the book they are. Um, I'm obsessed with them. I hope our fan club members are obsessed too. And if you want like a themed goodie for Honey Girl. Yeah. Join our fan club. And we also still have our merch store on the website booksinthecitypod.com yeah get your koozies don't let your drinks wet yeah (laughs) all summer hey guys should we talk about books i I think we should yeah before becky falls asleep before i fall asleep my eyes are closing like (laughs) i was talking about this earlier but me and kayla were like waiting for emily and libby outside of this antique store and i was like really tired even then at like what was it 7 6 p.m maybe before that (laughs) And, like, I was talking to Kayla and my eyes were, like, closing and, like, my, <laughs> like, rolling in the back of my head, like, <laughs> falling asleep. Oh. So you can imagine what another six hours later how I feel right now. That's the downside of the upstate is coffee sales have a strict, like, yeah. really? not after yeah. three policy. I don't think that's, like, a law, but the stores were definitely closed. Yeah, it's, like, footloose in this town, but for coffee. <laughs> no, coffee after, after two. two. Yeah. So strange. No iced coffee. We could have gotten hot coffee at the bakery, oh. but they didn't have mm. a 90 coffee. degree day. Yum. Anyway, so you want to hear about my book? Yes. <laughs> What'd you read? So I read Florence Adler Swims Forever. Mm-hmm. by Rachel Beanlin and I think it came out last summer I forgot to look up the pub date but I remember seeing it all over the place last summer so I'm excited to talk about this but it's actually really sad <laughs> so um 
before I start, I have a content warning and it's going to sound like a big old spoiler, but it's not. Uh-oh. Um, Drowning, <gasps> death of a sibling and loss of a child, like of a newborn kind of miscarriage type loss. So keep that in mind if you pick this up and if you don't want to hear me discuss it, you can fast forward and check out the show notes for the timestamps. So Florence Adler Swims Forever is only sort of about Florence Adler. In fact, almost not at all about Florence Adler. Um, It's mostly about her family and the people that are closest to her in her life. It's also about Jewish culture and specifically Jewish culture in Atlantic City in the 30s. I kind of imagined it as sort of like a dark, not comedy version of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Just like being like set in a different time period um obviously that's more of like the 50s 60s and this is the 30s so it opens in atlantic city in the in 1934 and florence is training to swim the english channel which is so cool oh my god it's really interesting and i gotta be honest with you i picked up this book fully expecting it to be about a girl learn like training all summer to swim (laughs) the english (laughs) channel and it is not about that because right away she dies and she drowns in like attempting Uh, no she's training to um swim and she goes out one i want to say it was in the morning one morning and drowns and Mm -hmm. she does open water swimming obviously because if she's swimming the english channel so that's a really dangerous sport and even if you're the most talented or skillful swimmer it's a dangerous thing so she drowns and the whole family is obviously so upset but her sister fanny is in the hospital on bed rest for the whole summer because she's pregnant and her last pregnancy ended in the baby being born premature and dying shortly after so Mm -hmm. she's on bed rest for the whole summer to try and like just be super cautious about the baby now esther florence and fanny's mom is like really stressed about the pregnancy so she makes the decision for the whole family that they're going to keep florence's death a secret from fanny oh my oh. gosh yeah so they're like they they're worried that the grief and like finding out is going to force her into premature labor oh so this during this summer you have um gussie who is fanny's daughter living with florence's family so esther um her is the mom and then joseph is the dad the grandfather of gussie so they have this little girl that they're like okay when you visit mom like you're not allowed to say like you have to you know it everyone in the whole family has to keep this like secret they tell the people at the hospital like she can't have access to a newspaper or the radio like she can't find out about this she's not allowed to call home and like nothing because they didn't want her to question where Florence is. Um, so the bulk of the... That's kind of like the Wait, main plot. Where did they say Florence was? Sorry. Um, to the sister? Yeah. They would be like, oh, you know, Florence, like, getting ready to, for her swim. And, like, everyone knew the date that Florence was going to leave to go to France to swim across to England. So you do get in the book, like, the the leading up to that and, like, her sister Fanny being like, is Florence going to stop by? And like, oh. it's really sad. And 
like I said, that's kind of the main plot is like this secret and keeping it from Fanny. But there's it's honestly pretty character driven. And a lot of it is about the family members and how they're handling Florence's death and just like kind of their own thing. Another big plot point in this book is this character named Anna. And Anna is a young Jewish girl from Germany who has come to America to escape Hitler. And she's also trying to get her parents to come over. But there's a lot of politics involved with getting like the proper paperwork to come over. And at this time it was like, oh, you know, they can't come here because they're going to take jobs from Americans, which we're still annoyingly saying now. It makes no sense. And so it's Joseph, which I mentioned, and I feel like I'm being confusing because there's so many characters, but Joseph is Florence's father. And Joseph is basically who sponsors Anna to come over. And that's so nice, but it causes a lot of drama in the family because Anna is the daughter of Joseph's former fiance. Oh, oh man. Yes. And he, she's not, not the father. He's not the father. Okay. Is that but, how he knows her? Yeah. So he, I guess, stayed in touch with his fiance. So he's from Germany. Yes. Okay. Wow. So drama, basically. And it's crazy. And so each chapter of the book is told from the perspective of different characters. So like it alternates. You get, I'm going to go through. I feel like this is really confusing. No, so, you're making sense to me. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe it's me just like <laughs> tired. <Nervous> laughter. <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Sure. Or is it? No, go ahead. Time? Okay. Does Joseph agree with Esther's decision to keep this information from? So that is kind of a big thing in the book is like each character and how they feel about the decision oh, okay. and whether so. or not they think it should happen. And I think, I do think that Joseph does agree with it. So I'm just going to walk us through each character and kind of their gist, because I think that'll help understand these people and, you know, the story so like i said we have florence she's not a main character in the book in the sense of she has a chapter from her perspective but she's obviously the through line connector mm -hmm. for everybody and she comes up a lot there's gussie who's fanny's daughter who i mentioned she's just a little kid and she's dealing with like her aunt passing away and her mom in the hospital and her douchey freaking dad Isaac he's literally a trash can he's the worst I get I'm getting like heated thinking about him like he's he used to work as like somebody who was like selling real estate in Florida and he was like part of the problem of like the housing market crash and he just like is only in it for the money he has a loan from um, Fanny's dad Joseph that he's like paying back but then he's like also trying to like buy land in florida again and not pay uh, i just i hate him <laughs> he sucks i was Whoa. like i listened to this on audiobook and i was like walking down the street and i'm pretty sure i said out loud oh my god you douchebag so <laughs> <laughs> oh he did yeah so i mentioned joseph he's just like a guy trying to do right by everyone his his family his wife who wants to keep a secret but also his daughters, Anna, Anna's family. So he seems just like an all-around good old guy. Um, and I did Im kind of imagine him as Tony Shalhoub. You guys know who he is? No. He's the dad on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, who's like uh, definitely the best character in Marvelous. Have you guys watched it? No. no. 
Oh my god, you're missing he's out, man. Anyway, he's also from uh, Monk. Yes, yes, exactly. So you do know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Joseph, and then we have Stuart, who was Florence's swim coach. Ooh. And he's a lifeguard in town, and he was in love with Florence. But did she love back? We'll never know. Um, he's also one of the things that's like a main thing for him is he's not Jewish and he felt the tension of being like in love with Florence and feeling like there's no hope for that because he wouldn't have been able to marry her. Mm. Um, he's also like the heir to this like hotel fortune. His father owns this like big hotel Hotel in Atlantic city. So you do kind of get a look in this book into kind of like Atlantic City becoming this destination and mm. you know the history kind of behind the hotels and like the the main like touristy bits of it. So those are the characters and I don't I I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That oh. scared me. <laughs> My god. <laughs> oh god. Okay. <laughs> so those are the characters. I'm not sure if I'm making any sense, if any of that sounded coherent, because I'm half asleep right now. No, I want to read this. But good. I'm glad. It, it's a good book. It's filled with like secrets and lies and heartbreak and drama and, you know, family relationships and sibling relationships. Wasn't the sister so sad that she's on bed rest and her sister never came to visit yeah i'd be so mad she, at my sister i'm not i'm not gonna say i don't want to say more but that's horrible and then th- th- to find out that was the reason i can't believe the family did that to her i know and you know what's craziest this is based on a true story <gasps> what yes the author her grand i want to say it was grandmother is basically the gussie of this book oh my god so she heard heard this family story growing up that like her grandmother's aunt died and they decided not to tell the sister that's like what the true story is Mm. and she was like thinking what like wouldn't the sister want to know and basically wrote down this story so check it out and definitely read the author's note to get more details about the true story aspect of it um, so yeah, it was four stars for me. I think it's the perfect book for like a hot summer day. What was that? That was Florence Adler Swims Forever by Rachel Beanland. And actually, I do recommend the audiobook because they actually do switch actors for each mm. chapter with the different characters. Mm. It was good. Libby, what did you read? I read Dark Matter. Oh! Oh my God! Who's that by? Okay. <laughs> has wait? Has anyone read it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Can I ask you something? Did you read Recursion? No. Okay. Interesting. Did you? I read Recursion first and loved it, so that I didn't really like Dark Matter. I think because I, my mind was blown by from recursion? recursion. Oh, I have to ask you what it's about. Then. That it didn't. I didn't have the same thing with Dark Matter. Yeah. Well, that I have that in my notes. So. This was like, I remember it being huge when it first came out. It came out in 2016. And I feel like it was the first time a lot of people maybe like encountered the multiple timeline like or mm-hmm. dimensions it's idea. It's like the multiverse. Yeah. yeah. But I like there's a community episode that like touches on alternate timelines. Like I feel like not to be like I'm a big alternate timeline <laughs> freak, but <laughs> I 
it's not like it wasn't like a brand new premise to me but yeah i just remember people like freaking out when it first came out it's about a guy named jason dessen the book opens up with jason he's living in chicago and he's a kind of middle of the road like college professor he Mm -hmm. um he has a wife and a kid and like a good life but he also like when the book first starts he's like reflecting on his past he was doing like science research and when he was in his late 20s his then girlfriend told him that she was pregnant now he's married to her and they have the kid and he kind of like gives up his research because the nature of his lab work was like he was gonna have to devote his whole life to it and now that you know the kid entered the picture that was no longer an option so he's like having kind of those normal like what could have been like reflections but mostly he's content and his life is good one night he goes to a bar and reconnects with a dude that he did research with um back in the day like when they were working in the same lab i think Mm -hmm. and this guy is like fresh off a win of some science award i don't know he just like won or got some like research mm-hmm. award or something and like his he's doing some like groundbreaking work so jason goes and meets him and like you know raises a glass to his success but then also has kind of more of this like oh man that could have been me kind of feelings so he leaves the bar and he's like a tiny bit bitter but he's headed back to his beautiful wife and his kids so he's fine and all of a sudden he's being like held up he thinks or mugged Mm -hmm. um there's a guy in an alley he's like taking this alley shortcut there's a guy with something at his back and he's like i'll you know take whatever you want this guy puts him in his van and they drive to this like remote strange in this van like takes him abducts him abducts him forcefully from the alley okay so he's like wait i'm not being mugged uh something else is going on here as they're driving oh you know what it is (laughs) sorry you can tell i'm tired (laughs) the guy takes him to jason's car and is like get in we're or to someone's car it doesn't matter at all but he's like follow this gps and jason's driving and like this guy seems to know things about jason's life Mm. where to to the point where he's like uh who the hell are you like what's going on so he's freaked out and he's driving to this remote warehouse in this place he's never been and you know is obviously realizing that like he's not just being mugged in this moment and in this warehouse this dude injects something into his neck and oh my he, god so he passes out he, something's been injected into his neck and he he passes out when he comes to, he is in this unfamiliar place and he quickly, like very quickly realizes that something insane is going on because <laughs> it was after he got injected in the neck. <laughs> he was injected. Then he something was up. Hang on. No, but then something is extra weird because he is not waking up in this warehouse where he was injected in the neck. I couldn't get over the neck thing. Like that's such a unfortunate and invasive place yeah Yeah. so so he wakes up all these people are like you're here you made it back wow we didn't expect and he's like i don't know any of you what's going on where am i what was that in my neck Uh, you know all of that 
like without going too into it, basically Jason has ended up in a different timeline where his other life ends up playing out. So the life where what? Yeah, the life where he <laughs> I was reacting and <laughs> Libby's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> correct. Yes, <laughs> the life where he didn't actually give up his research, his girlfriend at the time decided to end the pregnancy instead of going through with it. And he continued his research and he made wild breakthroughs in the science of like physics. Yeah, I think he's a physicist. Yeah. And that's what I'm having a lot of issues. Um, That's what he was teaching too at the university. So he's in this alternate timeline. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a kid. He's like trying to figure out like what's going on the house it's like still his same house but it's a different place because it's a different life you know but then it also quickly becomes clear that he is not safe in this dimension and there's people chasing him some parts of his research maybe weren't the most uh ethical or he was at least like a little single-minded and like pursuing some parts of his research this is giving me like inception vibes in my mind Uh, yeah yeah it's like that so basically he decides he needs to do everything he can to get back to his timeline with his wife and his child like where he feels he belongs and the journey back is just really trippy and wild to read and like takeaways from this book were like cool morals about like choices and decisions and I am obsessed with the idea of timelines and like a different timeline existing with every choice you didn't make like from the smallest things to like do I want my coffee black or with cream today Mm -hmm. to like the big things like where am I going to go to college or like Mm -hmm. am I going to keep this baby type of thing so yeah it was just like a fun thought experiment while reading I will say like I don't know if this is a Blake Crouch writing thing. It's super fast paced and like had me like flipping the pages very quickly and not wanting to set it down. But Jason's like a little bit one dimensional as a character and it's like not to be like negative. He was it's you know I don't know where (laughs) I'm going with this but I feel like I wasn't really invested in him as much as like yeah like what is going on. Right. I would say it's like more yeah like an ideas Book. Yeah, it had like an action movie feel to it when I read I it. I was going to say, I'd love to see it as a movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in action movies, I'm not thinking about like, did Matt Damon really grow and, you know, the <laughs> Bourne identity? <laughs> decides he's Jason Bourne? Did he yeah. undergo some character development? I'm like, dodge the bullets, Matt. <laughs> I, think that gets, I think that gets in my... Like, no matter what the genre, if it's, like, a flat character, I'm like, oh, but mm-hmm. it's a flat character. But, yeah, all, I mean, this was still, like, a very fun, fast read. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just, like, made me think. And it was just cool because, like, I feel like, you know, you really can't have it all and see how all your lives would have played out. And you just got to be content with the one you have. And that's, like, a kind of, like, <laughs> <laughs> blah, like, takeaway. But, you know, it has that sort of, like built in like you have one life and you're living it and make the most or, or maybe there know? are alternate timelines of ourselves out there yes that's like but based on this brain. book i would not want 
to be in the alternate timeline situation that he was in because mm-hmm. it gets messy real quick. And I bet. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. So that was Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. And sidebar, I think um, the book was based in or near like the neighborhood I used to live in in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And some of those coffee shops or wherever he goes to i remember thinking like i know where that is i know what he's talking about like i think he wrote basically a street in you know because his neighborhood is really important to him and i was like yeah i know what he's talking about there were this isn't really a spoiler but there was a lot of time spent on like him trying to get back to his chicago yeah and all of these just like slightly different Everything was the same except that neighborhood coffee shop was a bar instead of yeah, a coffee yeah. shop. And this, it was like a cool way to think about yeah. to like how a place would reflect like the different timeline thing. Mm-hmm. Kayla, what'd you read? Okay, we're really switching gears here. <laughs> um, I read Act Your Age, Eve Brown by Talia Hibbert. This is the third and final book in the Brown Sisters series. So if you're unfamiliar, there's been um, Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Why am I blanking on the Danny Brown one? Take, Take a hint. A Take a hint, Brown. Danny Brown. And Emily talked about Which taking one a hint. Did yes. yes. Oh, okay. okay. And so I we're skipping the, the middle one, one for coverage on the podcast. We're skipping the first one, Chloe. Oh. Okay, yeah. so these are very much standalone. Yeah, so I was I was going to say, they are standalone. I read them in order as they came out. So Chloe was the first one, and like Danny and Eve are in that one, but they're single. And then in Danny... Chloe's in that one with her guy from her book, but Eve's single. And then in Eve's book, both sisters are there with both guys from their book. So like Cute. that was fun to read in order, but like it really, you can just pick one up and go. Um, but I think that this was my favorite of all oh. of them. So what I love about these books is that all of the characters are so real and like normal and I had a moment where I was reading this one and I was like oh everyone has I put in quotes like a quirk but then I was like what am I thinking like what's wrong with me they're normal people with like we all have something about us like they're just like so they're not one-dimensional like they I don't know they're just what's an example of a quirk that you're talking about I guess they're the stories are the characters aren't like very glossed over and like ultra perfect with no flaws like they're struggling with like really real um things like i see okay yes and but it's like every character has something it's not like enter the boy and his life is perfect like Mm. no we're gonna learn about him and like his aunt or the friend like every character has something and when you're usually in books like these, like you don't get that in depth about all the characters. So yeah. I had a moment where I was like, oh, like interesting. And I was like, wait, no, she's literally just like writing as if they're real people, which I think is really cool. And like, especially with romance, I think, because like yeah. a lot of romances, oh, it's all about the meetup and how they get together. Mm-hmm. And it's never about like the baggage that people bring into their romantic relationships and how that impacts like how their meet cues play out is really enjoyable. Yeah. And like you get. I'm going to get into this, but like, it's not like, oh, here's my baggage. It's like, oh, this is why I have this baggage. Like, it's just very realistic. So for a content warning, I am going to read you the author's note, which is in the beginning of this book, because I thought she just sums it up perfectly. 
So Talia Hibbert writes, this book mentions childhood neglect and anti-autistic ableism. If these are topics sensitive for you, please read with care and feel safe in the knowledge that joy triumphs in the end. You should also know that while writing this book, I elected to ignore the existence of COVID-19. I hope this book provides you from some escape. And I was like, are we going to have to like mention this with all mm. COVID books? Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? Did this come out during COVID? Yeah, this came out recently. Okay, so... Eve is 26 and really not sure with what she's doing with her life. And I found this to be so relatable. She's like, is this through the career for me? I don't know what path I should be on. She's dabbled in a bunch of different things, but she quits everything when she starts it. Like once something goes wrong, she quits and then like picks up the next thing. And she sees herself as a failure. And I thought this was really relatable for like millennials specifically so the book opens with her the day after quitting her job as a wedding planner which was mentioned in the danny brown book and her parents have had it just a quick backstory if you haven't read the other books the brown family is pretty wealthy and eve feels bad she feels like she's been living off of her parents while like her sisters are supporting themselves and like have these great careers and she's still like living at home and she gets money every month from her trust fund but her parents are like this is it you're cut off from the trust fund until you can hold down a job for a year and they like kick her out of the house so she's like beside herself she's so angry she's in her pajamas and she storms out of the house and goes for this long drive and she like goes for she likes to go for drives to like clear her head and all of a sudden she's driving through this really cute town, maybe like the one that we're currently in. But it was actually the lakes, because these books take place in the UK. So I wrote the high folklore, because there's a song called The Lakes about this area. And it's just like adorable, like she describes it like a fairy tale town. And as she's driving by, she is like struck by how cute this bed and breakfast is. And then she sees that there's a sign in the window that they're hiring a chef. And Eve is a good cook. She really enjoys it. So she's like, okay, I need a job for a year. This place is really cute. I'm going in. And she's still in her pajamas, by the way. So this is where the second main character comes in, Jacob, who is the love interest. Jacob needs order and he likes to be in control of things. And Eve is the complete opposite of all of that. He's the owner of the bed and breakfast and he's panicking because he needs a new chef because he finally got into this prestigious gingerbread festival. What? Oh a gingerbread oh, festival? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This um, is very hallmarky. I love it. Yeah. And it's like a huge deal for the bed and breakfast because like he's young and he's like running it on his own. But he needs a chef for the gingerbread festival obviously <laughs> so eve comes in and he immediately hates her like here in his point of view and he has a pro and con list and it's like con con and then some of the cons are like i can't stop staring at her like, like oh con. Con. <laughs> she's like distracting that. me but he's like i con. really love her being. eyes are too striking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. actually he like couldn't stop staring at con. her chest, she smells but, too good yeah. yeah um but so he's like, there's too many tallies in the con list. Like, no. And he, like, can't, he, like, handle her. Like, he's like, you are way too much. So he pretty much, like, kicks her out. And then his friend that's with him is like, 
what's wrong with you? That was the last interview of the day, even though she walked in. Like, you need someone. She can do this. So he goes after her. And as he's going to find her, he suddenly hit by a car. What? <laughs> oh, no. And it was Eve driving uh, the car. She hit But not, like, yeah. danger. He just, like, he broke his arm. Because, oh, yeah. just. <laughs> yeah. A love yeah. tap. A love tap. And that's where their love story starts. Oh, boy. Wow. And, um, and I feel like I might have just said a lot, but, like, that's literally just the beginning of everything. Also, I should have mentioned, I didn't mention this earlier, but Jacob is autistic. And the way they talked about autism, I found to be really interesting. And he kind of makes Eve aware of the fact that she might be on the autism spectrum as well. And like just their conversations about it, I thought were like really nice and cool to read in a romance book too. Um, And like all Talia Hibbert books, things got pretty steamy. And there was one scene where I was like, wow like what is happening here and yeah I really loved both of them I loved them together they're my favorite couple in the series I think because I was able to I saw a bit of myself in Eve but really in Jacob which I thought was interesting like I related more with the male character and I just wanted to mention this something that really stood out to me she Talia does like such a great job of representing so many different real life things in all of her books which is what I was trying to say earlier and like really could not get that out eloquently and I realized that there's a big part of my life that I had never seen in a book but you learn about Jacob's backstory and that a lot of his anxieties stem from his parents and you find out that when he was 10 he moved in with his aunt who was a single mother and she adopted him and you girls know, but like listeners don't know, my mom adopted my cousin when he was like 13. I was 15. So I technically like have two brothers and then my parents got divorced like a month later. So mm. my mom was a single mom just with her kids and then adopted her nephew. And I've like, it was like very exact to my situation, which was like kind of interesting too. But mm. I was like, wow, I've never seen like, I was like, yeah, I guess I do have kind of a weird like nuclear family structure and I've never seen it represented in a book so I thought that was cool to read and like things he talked about like relating to his cousin was also a boy I was like oh thought those are some things that like my brother and my cousin went through so like it was just like a cool representation and yeah I really love this it's my favorite in the series like I said and I gave it five stars wow five and that was actor age eve brown by talia hibbert Emily oh mine's like a total shift into (laughs) a whole new world for me a whole new world yeah this was extremely out of my comfort zone so I have picked up and want to recommend my first ever comic book called Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Fiona Staple So I picked this up because for a minute there, I was really in the mood for a space opera. Thanks Mm. in large part to a deep Star Wars rewatch. And also I think that's... Inspired by your... uh, Yeah, I think because I consumed Carrie Fisher's memoirs back to back. And then I was like, damn, I got to go check on 70s era Harrison Ford again and just (laughs) see how he's doing. How was he? Doing great. Um... (laughs) tall drink of water that one (laughs) 
And and so I did need something that was like adventurous, but also had romance because after listening to Carrie speak about her romance with Harrison Ford, I was like, I need the romance in my in my sci-fi um in aliens. And <laughs> One of my trusted podcasts is called Binge Mode, and they do these like deep dives on on stories, and they really recommended this book. So I decided to take their recommendation and roll with it and embrace my inner nerd and just lean in and bought my first comic book ever. Wow. Right? Wait, so is this like glossy page? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you go to a comic book store? I did. Shouts to Forbidden Planet, which is right next door to the Strand. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been there so many times. Yeah, it's cool in there. And while I was picking up Saga, someone else was getting Saga at the same time. So I do think, I don't know a lot about comic books, um, but I feel like it's a kind of popular story. So the story opens up on a couple, Alana and Marco, in the middle the birth of their first child um and this child isn't just any child um she's also hunted by intergalactic police forces and her parents are fugitives of the law because they were both conscripted into this long raged battle between two opposing planets one called landfall and these people have wings like that's their thing and the planet has its own moon called wreath and these people are like they have horns generally and they wield like magic and kind of like ancient technology bless Bless you you. (laughs) and so these two forces at first were going head to head against each other but then they kind of rope the whole galaxy in because they stopped fighting their own war and started fighting by proxy so basically everyone in the galaxy is roped into the war between the people on wreath and landfall and this is kind of the world that alana and marco are brought up in because alana is from landfall and marco is from wreath (gasps) and it's a big deal that they had a kid And it's concerning the government because it shows that these two opposing forces can get along Mm -hmm. and both governments don't want that getting out there. So a lot of other characters in the universe are like, we didn't even know that could happen. Um, So the governments have hired bounty hunters to kind of chase down the family and like end them. And yeah, it's a little (laughs) hard to explain outside of that because they go on little adventures and each of the panels have narrations by adult hazel so she starts the series as like a baby it's her birth and um and it kind of talks about like her childhood and her reflections on both of her parents yeah it was it was pretty out of my comfort zone to (laughs) read something so so like sci-fi-y and there were there were some aspects of it that I didn't like love. I will say this book is like graphic. Um graphic cat violet? Well, there's a lot of swearing. Uh-huh. Like Hazel's tone in her panels is very sarcastic. Both of the parents are very like fuck you. Like <laughs> I'll do what I want. You know, they're like fugitives from the law. There's a lot of like space swear words. Fugitives. Yeah, space mm. fugitives. And 
there's a lot of graphic alien sex. Uh, like, what? Is there really? Yeah, like, like visually? Penis. I didn't know their comic books had sex scenes. They do. And they, wow. they're there. Like, um, yeah. Pretty graphic. Wait, graphic, like, also with the illustrations? Yeah. Oh, my God. Full, full page illustration. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, characters with their, you know, like, of, tits, like, aliens? Orgies. Oh, alien orgies? Erect penises. <laughs> There's this character that's, like... It's Kayla's sound, eyes are wide. Right it's going to sound crazy. There's this character. There's, like, um, the ruling class. They're, like, TVs. It's kind of an interesting, like idea for an alien but they're like bodies are people and their heads are tvs oh. <laughs> and like the monarchy is they have like tvs in color so they've like subjugated What's their the people uh whatever they're thinking about and there's like one character that like checks off a lot and he like thinks about all these things um oh my God. so that was like I mean, I'm a pretty, like, rough and tumble gal, but for me, I was like, maybe don't read that at work. A little not <laughs> safe for work. Um, and this is coming from the Samantha figure. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it just took an adjustment. I'll, sometimes it felt gratuitous, but between Alana and Marco, I felt like their scenes illustrated, like, their bond with each other. Um, and what ha- Alana and Marco meet because... Alana was reading like essentially a bodice ripper of nice. space and she works at a prison and one of the prisoners is Marco and together they decide that the bodice ripper is really like a coded message for like the resistance of you know like wreath and landfall can get along and that kind of like fuels their romance and you know like space aliens and all that stuff aside, I felt like the themes were pretty on the nose about the ideas of, like, proxy war and, like, what divides people. Like, why can't... is very, like, oh, can love conquer all? Or, you know, like, these people that aren't meant to be together but have, like, a real connection. And then the other exciting thing about, like, Alana and Marco is they're always, like, bringing people into their adventures. Like, when mm-hmm. you have Star Wars, you have, like, yeah, like, Luke and Han Solo, but there's also like Chewbacca and like C-3PO and R2-D2. There's like all these people that make up the unit and that happened with their little game. Like if it's Alana and Marco and, and Hazel, but you can't really like raise an infant by yourself. So it does like kind of take a village. And I thought their like little nuclear families throughout the years were really interesting, including, um, I just remember this. Hazel has a babysitter that's a ghost that like oh that sounds possesses safe. her, but the ghost is like a teen and she's like really funny. And I don't know, I was really surprised at how fast I read it. I mean, it's mostly pictures, but <laughs> I bought the. I was a little confused, but Forbidden Planet like upsold me a little because he was like, you can save a lot of money by just buying like the compendium which i think is basically all the things that are out now and it's like a big i don't really know how you track comics but like i could tell when they yeah they have like volumes and issues and stuff and i can tell when they kind of like ended an issue because it would end on this like cliffhanger um and there were some like pretty moving parts like some sad parts i was like oh Mm. and some like cute little 
critters and I don't know. I just felt like it was a good story about what makes a family and like the work it takes to keep a relationship together, especially because Alana and Margo were like young parents. So I feel like even though they're in space, they were dealing with a lot of like young parent things, um, you know, like being tired or like feeling distant from their relationship. And then all the like bounty hunters were kind of cool. There's a cat that'll that's the sidekick to one of the bounty hunters and it's called lying cat because if you lie to the cat it'll tell you it's like a lie detector but it's also like a um, naked cat it's kind of interesting of course it's naked (laughs) hairless i should say um (laughs) no massive yeah but there's a lot of genitalia in this fully detailed just so everybody knows wow were you expecting that or was it like a shock Um, as you turned the pages not really not really. Cause Not the, really to which. Like, the, I wasn't expecting as much nudity as there was or, like, graphic sex. I did feel like sometimes it was a little, like, gratuitous, like, like comic, I don't know, like, you don't want to, like, stereotype, but it feels like nerd yeah. boy, went, like, spank bank kind of stuff sometimes. But I felt that the overall story was really good, and I liked that. It's hard to describe, but like the panels would have an overarching idea and the the big action moments felt like there was like a choreography to them because Hazel's narration would comment on something and be like, you know, not everyone makes it to the end and people would be fighting in like a life and death battle and she'd be like, some of us are lucky and then it like flashes to her as an adult and then like some of us aren't and then you like see a character who who is like in a injured situation you're like oh shit but um yeah it got me out of my reading slump a little bit because of the pictures not gonna lie but also (laughs) it was like exactly what I was looking for and it it did scratch kind of like this space opera itch um there was some language that felt dated outside of just like the (laughs) f-bombs and everything like there was you know like like the R word or the F word and it just felt like that's not I don't know when this was written but just felt a little unnecessary to like bring that kind of like offensive language into a made up world <laughs> you know like into you don't space. really need it but into space. um you know the aliens there's a lot of like there's a trans character in this there's a lot of just queer characters that get together and that's just like part of their journey um and yeah it was it was a ride for me i sounds like it never thought about picking up a comic book before it is very bingeable it's like technically a thousand something pages but i read it in one day and i'm sure everyone here could do it too wait you read a volume or the compendium the compendium number one and um it's my understanding that with comics you know they kind of like stop the story and pick it up again so i think they're in a place where they've stopped the story and if anybody wanted to jump in it sounds like now's the right time i will say it was the most expensive book i've ever bought wait how much it was like 60 dollars. wow damn because they were all like illustrations the illustrations are pretty like vivid um just for that section (laughs) they're pretty vivid (laughs) (laughs) can show you some um alien dicks if you want oh god any any flavor really um what did you rate it 
Um, I would say like a four. Nice. Yeah, it got me. It was like the first thing I read, physical thing I read in a long time. And I knew that I needed to be in the right mindset to go to like space, <laughs> like to mm-hmm. get in a fantasy mindset. And if you're struggling with connecting with a fantasy story, this might be like a good entry point. Not for everyone. Definitely not for everyone. I'm telling you, if you're not okay with alien dicks, <laughs> don't don't pick this up. But it's cute. <laughs> I wish that could be cute. the episode title, but I can't. <laughs> what was that? Um, Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staple. Uh, Becky, what are you? What's on your TBR? On my TBR, I'm still not used to it. Yeah, it. We've got to figure it out. Um, well, actually, I brought this with me here on our little retreat, and. It is called Sunny Song Will Never Be Famous by Suzanne Park. And I actually think I already said that I'm going to read this on my TBR. Oh. Mm. I don't remember. It sounds like I have. But anyway, that's the book. Libby, what is on your TBR? Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers. (laughs) It's on all of our TBR. Maybe you remember it from earlier in the episode. Uh, Emily, what is on your TBR? So I have to finish out the Broken Earth trilogy. Um, and I want to read Stone Sky Stone by Sky, Stone Sky. M.K. Jemison. Kaylin, what about you? Um, on my TV, I feel like I need to find a better way to say that. <laughs> is Sober Girl Society Handbook by Millie Goosh. When I first decided to stop drinking, I found this Instagram page specifically for girls our age who don't drink. Oh. And the girl who founded it wrote a book. So I'm excited to read it that page oh, cool. is i'm on that page like every day it's been like nice to see people my age who also made the choice to stop drinking awesome so, yeah where can you guys be found online i'm at the lazy <laughs> <laughs> you are <laughs> <laughs> that's true i was looking at emily i don't know what happened <laughs> identity fraud <laughs> I really don't know why. I just looked at you and said. Good. At least someone's running that fucking account. Because it's not me. Oh, my God. If you stuck around, you're, you got a good treat there. I'm at sleep, run, read, repeat. That's so funny. So am I. <laughs> no, I'm at the Lazy Library. I'm I at Becky in the Bookshelves. I'm at KRedWatt, and you can find all of us at Books in the City Pod. Make sure you're tagging us and using our hashtag MyBooksInTheCity whenever you're reading something we inspire you to read or something with our merch. We love seeing those pictures. Follow us on Twitter at BATC Pod, like our Facebook page, Books in the City Pod. Yeah. Uh, I almost forgot it for a second. I haven't done this in a while. I forgot it. <laughs> Join our fan club and buy merch, pretty much everything at BooksInTheCityPod.com. If you're still here, um, comment a mountain. A mountain. Because we're upstate. Yeah, a mountain emoji. Yeah. Thank you to our Carrie Level producers, Diane Worth, Riley Harrell, Carrie Kissinger, Brenna Collins, Amanda Borgia, Elizabeth Jamka, and Susie Salfick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.